And now, your host, Ellis Tolbert. Hey folks, welcome to 4th and 16th, the Game Plan Edition. I'm your host, Ellis Tolbert. Hope you all are having a great day so far. Folks, I'm excited. Football season is finally here. It's been a really, really long offseason. Too long, in my opinion. Lots of fluff pieces and nonsense talk from talking heads, but now it's time to put up or shut up. Spot the dang ball. I'm just as excited to tell you all about my new partnership with the fine folks over at The Roar, formerly WCCP, the flagship station of Clemson Athletics. Basically, they've partnered with me to bring 4th and 16 to the radio. Now, they are expanding coverage across the entire state, but that brings even more Clemson content to you all. Now, my show will start around 7 p.m. Eastern, last till about 8 o'clock every Thursday night starting September 5th. That is the Thursday before the Texas A&M game. You can listen in live on Greenville, Clemson, Anderson area, 105.5 FM. You can also listen in the Spartanburg and surrounding areas at 97.5 FM and 1560 AM. If you aren't in the state of South Carolina and you want to listen, you can listen in over at the station website at wccpfm.com slash listen. And finally, if you miss it on Thursday night, there's no worries. You can check back on the 4th and 16 podcast on Friday morning, uh, and I'll be uploading it there so you can hear it. Folks, I'm pumped about this. Now, this episode will be a preview of what that show will be like, so let's get into it. A week from today, the Georgia Tech Ramblin' Wreck, or Yellow Jackets, whichever you prefer, will roll into Death Valley. It's going to be the debut of the new ACC network. It's also going to be the college game day game, so there's going to be a lot of energy in the air. Georgia Tech's going to be coming in with a renewed sense of hope, a new swagger about them, and just confident. Well, at least for the first quarter. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets will be bringing in a brand new and seemingly unfamiliar football team. They'll be coming in with an entirely new coaching staff, a new offensive and defensive scheme, a new quarterback, a tight end, something they hadn't had in a decade, new brand of football, and new uniforms. They're going to be really hyped for this game. First-year head coach Jeff Collins is coming down from Temple University. Before that, he spent some time as the defensive coordinator uh, down at Florida and Mississippi State. Now, he is a former Georgia Tech player, so he is very familiar with the area. He wants to bring them back to winning tradition. He doesn't want to settle for being the second-best team in the state. He brings with him both coordinators from the time at Temple. Offensive coordinator Dave Pattonode and former linebackers coach turned D.C. Andrew Thacker. Uh, he's also won the fans over in Atlanta by bringing former Georgia Tech legend Tashard Choice, cousin of former Clemson running back Adam Choice, along as the running back coach. That really won people over. Uh, the guy really knows what he's doing. Very good player, too. Uh, the coach's staff is pretty much pieced together for success in the future. They're going to be really tough ball club in the future, but uh, let's go ahead and talk about them now and their offense. They've changed from a triple option attack from the Paul Johnson regime to a power spread offense pretty much overnight. This offense is from the same tree as Gus Malzahn's, the Chad Morris, the Chip Kelly offensive scheme. But where Gus likes to run the ball a lot with the quarterbacks and Chad and Chip like to throw it all over the field, Dave likes to keep it balanced. He wants to make the offense multiple, very flexible. Main idea of this offense is a zone run concept. They want to spread you out and open the middle of the field. Uh, their alignment often tells you where the play is going. Uh, but they want you to know where the play is going so that you will overly aggressively pursue it uh, and put you in a situation where you have to defend the field, the entire field, with one less player. Uh, they also like to get into some really odd and exotic formations with a little tempo to throw you off. So Clemson's really going to have to key in on that. Now, they operate mostly out of the 11 personnel. That is one tight end, 
one running back, kind of like Clemson, but they also use something called a 20-gun split formation. That's two running backs on the field right beside the quarterback in a gun. Uh, they also use a lot of trips, four wide, and maybe even some wing tee. We might see some of that coming up this season, especially in this game, this first game. Now, I tell you a little bit about the depth chart, but that's not really something that they do. Rather, they go by the mindset of ATL or above the line. Basically, what that means is either you're good enough to play in the game or you aren't. Some of that is to make the guys work harder with the incentive to playing time, but some of it's to throw off the opponents. I'm pretty sure it's going to work a little bit against Clemson. They want to cross-train players that they can play multiple positions. You'll see that in this game. Uh, but because there is no depth chart, there are still some positions that I'm pretty confident that they found their guy. Uh, that's at quarterback, that's at tight end, and running back. Now, let's start with quarterback. Georgia Tech has about three guys that are vying for the job, but I'm pretty sure the favorite to start this game is redshirt junior Lucas Johnson. Now, Lucas Johnson was supposed to be the backup to last year's starter, Taquan Marshall, until a season-ending Liz Frank injury to his foot kept him out for the entire year. That brought presumed backup this season, uh, some experience, Tobias Oliver. Uh, you know, this guy's not quite a quarterback in my opinion, but we'll see. And behind him, we'll have redshirt sophomore James Graham. Now, all three of these guys are capable of running this offense, but I think Lucas has the upper hand. He is no stranger to this type of offense. He actually ran a spread type offense in high school. and was pretty dang good at it, which makes me wonder why he chose Georgia Tech under Paul Johnson. Not sure about that, but... Anyway, the kid has a very strong arm. He's got some pretty good accuracy as well. Uh, he's got a pretty good footwork and is a very mobile quarterback, but of course you have to be if you signed on to play quarterback at Georgia Tech. He's a little skittish in the pocket. Uh, he's pretty hesitant to run uh, once outside of the pocket due to that pesky injury. He is very dangerous outside of the pocket, but he is the least mobile of all three guys. Clemson really have to be sound in their gap integrity and rush lanes. I've also read and seen with my own eyes that while Johnson is probably the best option at quarterback, he does not have the offense uh, at 100% command. And that's to be expecting. You're talking about a team that used to run receivers and B-backs into the game uh, with the plays, and now you're calling plays and protections from the line of scrimmage in a no-huddle offense. So this is going to be a critical key. If you're going to the game, you want to be as loud as possible when Georgia Tech has the ball. If he cannot communicate to a very inexperienced and ill-equipped offensive line, they're going to be in a world of hurt. Now, let's talk about the next position that is likely settled, and that's at running back. Georgia Tech is expected to have a stable of running backs, uh, but that's pretty much usual. Uh, the one to take the field first will likely be Jordan Mason. He's a very fine running back, super shifty, seems to always make the first guy miss. He's got soft hands, too, and Georgia Tech likes to throw the ball to the running backs out of the backfield, so that's going to be interesting to watch. He's not super fast, but he's fast enough. Uh, he can break away. Uh, behind him will be Jerry Howard, a guy who played a lot last year. He's going to be more of the big, bruising fullback type. Kind of reminds me like of a slower uh, Adam Choice type deal. You'll see him a lot on third and short situations. Another guy that will be super fast and athletic is Christian Malloy. Uh, now, he's not really a running back per se. He reminds me of like a Mari Rogers. Uh, he's more like a jack of all trades. He's definitely a home run hitter. You might even see him line up in the slot in this game. Wouldn't be surprised. And another guy is true freshman, talented true freshman, Jemias Griffin. This kid is a monster running back. He's going to be the future of Georgia Tech running backs. Each guy brings something to the game and could potentially be a mismatch out of the backfield. So we got to watch out for that. 
Moving on to wide receivers, it's been a really long time since we've seen a really good wide receiver play at Georgia Tech. I saw somewhere that said Georgia Tech hadn't had a receiver have more than 25 catches since 2014. That's an FBS record. Of course, that'll change this season, I'm assuming. Uh, but that's crazy. They do not have a Calvin Johnson type guy, thank God. Uh, but they do have some very talented players. Their top receiver, in fact, Jalen Camp, is a force. He's a pretty big guy, too. He's around 6'2", 6'3", 225 pounds. Seems to always be uh, the winner in one-on-one matchups against smaller corners. Uh, he's a very consistent hands type guy. He's not really a burner, but he's huge. He beats press coverage often. Can't wait to see him matched up with A.J. Terrell. That's going to be a really good matchup. The two guys we're really going to have to watch out for, though, is Adonicus Sanders and Malachi Carter. Sanders is a track speed guy. No joke. Swear that guy runs about a 4-140 or something like that. They like to send him on go routes for big plays because he just pretty much outruns everybody. And then you have Malachi Carter, who's another big play threat, but is a bigger and not as fast guy. Uh, he has really good hands, though. They've got some other guys, but these guys are really the ones I'm really keeping an eye out for. Like I said, you may see even one of the running backs playing wide out as well. Wouldn't be surprised about that. The guy offensively I really want to keep my eye out, though, for is UConn graduate transfer Tyler Davis. This guy is the real deal, folks. Like NFL recognition real deal. He's about 6'5", 260, and can run. He's also got really soft hands and has a knack for finding himself open. Always open. Very big target, too. Uh, and he's no slouch at blocking either, so that's something we're really going to have to watch out for. And it's crazy even to say that because Georgia Tech hasn't had a tight end on roster in a decade. You just don't do that in a wing T offense. Uh, and, of course, they have two other guys that will see the field in this game, but one's a converted linebacker and the other is a former running back. So they just didn't have the right body type, but Davis is legit. Pat Node wants to spread the offense and open the middle of the field. So if that happens, you'll see a guy like Davis streaking down the hashes. All Georgia Tech's success relies on a completely inexperienced offensive line. They are dealing with guys having to change the whole mindset of blocking scheme. They actually have to pass block for more than once or twice a game now. And there's no more of that cut blocking crap. They're going from being in a four-point stance to having hands on the thighs and a gun. That and they lost their best lineman to Texas. That's no good. If these guys can't get any push or get lost on who to block, this game will be ugly. Of course, their scheme is to block within his own concept, but I haven't seen them do it with precision yet, and especially not against a defensive line like Clemson's. The play in the trenches for Georgia Tech's offensive line will be critical to their success or failure. Now, here are some keys to the game for Georgia Tech being successful. Of course, again, you want to make sure you communicate plays correctly. You want to try and use your receivers and tight ends to open up the Clemson defense. You want to test that talented but largely inexperienced Clemson defensive line and make them overly aggressive. You want them to pursue you too hard. You need to do some trick plays as well. Patton Node is no stranger to this. He likes to do that. They do a lot of double passes, and you might even see them come out and run the triple option on the very first play, or at least bluff it to keep Clemson's attention. Um, you'll also need to know when to use your tempo. If you go too fast without any success, You'll be putting that poor defense of yours on the field with Clemson's offense without any rest, and that is a death sentence. You also want to keep the ball away from Clemson's offense as much as possible, so you have to sustain your drives. No turnovers. If you have turnovers in this game, it will be over at halftime. Some of the key players, again, to watch out for are Tyler Davis, Jordan Mason, Christian Malloy, Adonicus Sanders, Malachi Carter, and, of course, the quarterback, 
Lucas Johnson. Now let's move on to Clemson's offense. It's pretty much status quo. As for the Clemson offense, you want to come out guns blazing. First play of the game, you need to take a deep shot. Uh, you want to soften up that defense and make them bend to your will. This will be super important. I'm going to explain why in the next segment, but you want to use your grossly superior receivers to their corners. I'll talk about that more in the second segment as well. You also want to get ETN, Chalk, and lay into the passing game as well. This creates that big disadvantage for coverage in Georgia Tech as well. Uh, they just won't have enough guys that can match up. And plus, if they do, they're going to be mismatched. Uh, you also want to expose the inside linebackers to coverage. You want to use DeAndre Overton to your advantage. If he's going to get that start at slot, you want to use him. A big body slot guy like that is too fast for the linebackers and too big for the nickel and star players. You want to use him on slant, skinny post, stick routes, stuff like that. I know for a fact that slant will be open most of the night. You're going to eat them up with that. And lastly, you want to score early and score often. If you do this, you get Georgia Tech in a desperate pass-heavy mode, and that will cause a lot of mistakes, especially for a quarterback getting his first start in Death Valley. On a game day game, by the way. So with that said, let's talk about the squads for both teams and do a little comparison. Let's start with the wide receivers. Uh, advantage goes to Clemson. Uh, that is no surprise. Uh, T. Higgins and Justin Ross alone are better than all of the guys that they have. Not to discredit Georgia Tech's players because they are really good. It's just not something that they've been used to lately. Along the offensive line, I'm also going to have to give that to Clemson because Clemson's offensive line is far superior and more veteran-laden than Georgia Tech's. They've been playing in their system for a while, so they know what to do. Uh, it's nothing new for them. And they're just nasty guys, so I'm really excited about Clemson's offensive line. When it comes to the running backs, I'm going to have to give a slight edge to Clemson due to the better overall players. Uh, but I will say that Georgia Tech's depth is better. Uh, we're largely unproven when it comes to Rencher and the freshman, but one of those guys might step up and it's really going to be awesome. But our one-two punch is better uh, than all of the running backs are Georgia Tech. That is no disrespect to Georgia Tech, though. Quarterback, I will disrespect. Clemson by a million miles. Trevor Lawrence and Chase Bryce just the first two quarterbacks are better than all of the quarterbacks that they've had in the last decade at Georgia Tech. Uh, these guys are next level. Now, Lucas Johnson is going to be really good for them. I think he's going to do some cool things for them this season, uh, but it's no comparison at quarterback. At tight end, I'm actually going to have to go with Georgia Tech because Tyler Davis is actually a proven player. Uh, and Clemson will be basically using brand new guys. I know J.C. Chalk's been in the program for three years. Uh, but he hasn't really gotten any real playing time. And Jalen Lay, we're still hoping that he comes around. Uh, and everybody beside, behind them are even more inexperienced. So uh, I'm going to have to give the nod to Georgia Tech. But overall, the advantage goes to Clemson. Uh, look, I, I think that Clemson's offense will absolutely have its way with GT's defense. Uh, just not much hope there. I think early on they may put Clemson in a three and out or two. But after that, it's pretty much going to be ugly. I think Georgia Tech's offense sets them up to be able to move the ball down the field now. Uh, but can they play mistake-free? Just not sure of that. Will their line hold up to a ferocious pass rush? And can Lucas Johnson properly diagnose Brent Venable's coverage and blitz disguises? He's really good at that. We'll see in one week. When we come back from break, we'll be discussing both defenses and their keys to the game. You listen to 4th and 16's The Game Plan. Back in a moment. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. 
pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Welcome back to the 4th and 16 Podcast. All right, folks, we're back. Segment two underway. Now, Georgia Tech's offense isn't the only thing getting a makeover. New defensive coordinator is bringing in a lot of passion and fire to a Yellow Jacket defense. With a little guidance from a veteran coach like Coach Collins, he'll be very successful in the future, but right now, uh, not so much. Andrew Thacker is probably familiar with Clemson. He played at Furman in the mid-2000s. And in fun fact, he attended Gainesville High School, the same high school that produced Clemson legend quarterback Deshaun Watson. He's a young and aggressive coach, just 34 years of age, but he's got some experience. Spent a little time at Kennesaw State and with the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, He got the promotion from linebackers coach at Temple is looking to make his mark as a defensive coordinator in college football now. Uh, His base defense is a little bit different. It's a 4-2-5 look. 3-4 3-4 disguise look that former defensive coordinator Nate Woody used and basically been the Georgia Tech defense for the better part of the last 10 years. And they've produced a lot of NFL talent with it. The mindset has put heavy pressure on the quarterbacks while using press man coverage with the corners and zone with the safeties. They like to blitz a corner or a safety on third downs a lot. So Clemson's offensive line, tight ends, and running backs will have to be able to quickly pick up the rush and protect Trevor at all cost. Now, this approach might bite them in this game. They are dealing with tons of inexperience across the board. Let's start with the corners. These guys are probably the weakest of the bunch. They do have a big and talented freshman cornerback uh, in Jordan Huff, though. He goes about 6'2", 205 pounds, so he, in theory, shouldn't get pushed around much. But, uh, However, I'm not sure he'll be the first one on the field. Other than that, Trace Willing is really the only other starter. Uh, he had some decent plays, a couple pass breakups last year, 24 tackles. But I see these guys getting abused all night, and that's really no knock because Clemson's receivers are going to be abusing almost everyone's corners this season. They are just completely overmatched by guys like T. Higgins and Justin Ross, and I'm being really objective about that. They'll need a lot of help from the safeties, which might be the most elite and veteran group on this Georgia Tech defense. They return some pretty big and talented safeties. Uh, One guy being Tariq Carpenter. He's their version of Isaiah Simmons, if you will. These guys are going to have to help over top, or Clemson will absolutely embarrass Georgia Tech. That's unless they can get some sort of pass rush from the defensive line, second most inexperienced group defensively. They're bringing back a guy like defensive end Antoine Owens and uh, tackle Brentavius Glanton, but those guys played sparsely last year on the D-line that was among the worst in college football at pressuring quarterback. I'm talking putrid. I can absolutely see it taking even more of a nosedive this season. Uh, they are essentially starting over, kind of like the offensive line. They're changing their whole concept. There's no way these guys are going to get a consistent pass rush on a very veteran and talented Clemson offensive line. 
Uh, he can get some help from the inside backers, but that would put them at a disadvantage schematically because someone on the Clemson squad will be running free if so. That's why it's critical to get a guy like ETN and the tight ends in the passing games like I mentioned earlier. They do return a few good guys at inside linebacker, most notably last year's playmakers uh, and David Curry and Bruce Jordan Swilling. Now, David Curry is a very smart player who lays wood. He is a hard hitter. He's kind of like a poor man's Luke Keekley. Um, not as talented, but really good. Uh, and then you'll have Bruce Jordan Swilling. He came into Georgia Tech with a ton of hype, but he just couldn't stay healthy. So they brought up next man, uh, sophomore, Quez Jackson. He's probably the most athletic of the three and is probably the most hyped, but he also gets lost in coverage a good bit of time. So all in all, the defense kind of looks like a middle-tier Big 12 defense at this current moment, and that's just because they don't completely have the right fit at certain positions. In time, they'll be better, but right now, just not looking good, playing arguably the nation's best offense in their house for the first game of the season. So let's go ahead and talk about some of the keys for Georgia Tech's defense. Uh, you want to keep everything in front of you. Uh, everyone needs to be ready and aware to help. If not, this game will be over by halftime. You'll see Ben Batson taking snaps before the fourth quarter. Will you abandon your identity if things go bad, Coach Thacker? I mentioned that they like to go man-to-man -man and press coverage, uh, but that's probably going to be a bad idea going up against a guy like Justin Ross. He's just going to beat you off the ball. Will you back off if you're getting beat? or you take the insane approach and stick to the game plan no matter what. Next is, can you pressure the quarterback? Honestly, I'm not so sure they can, but you need to do whatever you can to make Trevor Lawrence as uncomfortable as possible and force him into making some sophomore mistakes. Uh, a lot of people forget that Trevor Lawrence is still a sophomore, uh, but he, albeit probably the best sophomore we've ever seen, uh, but he's, he, he's still going to make some mistakes, so you need to force him into that. You also need to be better at tackling. I counted numerous missed tackles from Georgia Tech in their spring game. Very critical if these guys uh, don't make tackles. You're playing at an incredibly explosive team like Clemson. Lastly, you need to be better at third down. That's something that Coach Collins himself has mentioned that he'd like to get better at. Uh, with that said, let's go ahead and talk about the Clemson defense. Now, the Clemson front seven will need to play sound football. The presumed starters are Niles Pinckney, Jordan Williams, Justin Foster, and as a bit of a small surprise possibly Logan Ruoff. Uh, some of that might be just coach speak. And maybe some of that is Xavier's not playing up to his standard yet. Some of that might be uh, Logan Rudolph is really just showing out. I, I mean, I'm not surprised. The kid has been in the program for a while and he's a really good football player. But it's just odd to see that a guy that was picked as a preseason All-American might not be starting in the first game of the season. That's a little odd. But it is what it is. You just got to play smart. Not overly pursue. That's what Georgia Tech wants you to do. No overly aggressive pass rushing. When you do that, you're going to open up lanes. We've seen this happen before with a guy like Eric Dungy. You let him get out of the pocket, he's going to run. So you got to be set. You got to just close the pocket in on him. These guys will eat you alive outside of the pocket if we don't contain them. We don't want them running around all night. You also need to make sure to key the flats for running back passes in the middle of the field. They do throw the ball to the running backs a lot. So, and those guys are good at catching. They can run the ball. So we need to make sure to take care of that. Georgia Tech is going to work that all night. You got to be prepared to be nickeled and dimed. They're going to do that short passing game. Occasionally, they're going to burn you with a play action over the top. It's going to happen in this game, but you don't need to be caught up in that. You also don't need to get caught up with trick plays. You need to play disciplined, rely on your help. You don't need to be a hero in this game. 
You do need to create some turnovers, though, and put the pressure on the Georgia Tech offense to stay in the game. Because you do that, you're going to eat them alive. You also need to eat their lunch on third downs. We want to see their punter a lot in this game. But that's about it, though. Uh, Pretty simple, if you ask me. Let's go ahead and compare the squads for both teams uh, on the defense. Let's talk about linebackers. I'm going to give that to Clemson just because of Skalski and Simmons. Simmons is a projected first-round guy, and Skalski has been getting rave reviews. And what I've seen of the guy, he is a monster. So I'm happy about that. Still a little iffy about uh, the Will linebacker, Chad Smith, who's going to take that position. But uh, I'm confident the linebackers will be better than Georgia Tech's. A defensive back, Clemson's by far... I think Clemson's secondary is going to be a big strength of the defense this year. It's going to bail us out. It's going to be a lot of coverage sacks this year. Uh, And Georgia Tech is just really inexperienced outside of safety. Uh, Along the defensive line, I'm going to go with Clemson's. It's kind of of pot-calling Kettle Black, though, because while Clemson's uh, defensive line lacks real experience, just like Georgia Tech's, the players are more talented top to bottom. There is not a single Xavier Thomas-type player on Georgia Tech's defensive line. So I'm going to give that to Clemson. But when we talk about special teams, I'm going to have to say that's even because we've got to see Potter and Spires be consistent. And Presley Harvin is an elite punter. And Wesley Wells is also a very consistent kicker. So I'm going to say that's even. But the overall advantage goes to Clemson. There are some things that I think Georgia Tech can take advantage of, though, like sending a bigger player on blitzes to exploit the running backs and tight ends in the pass-blocking game. Uh, we got to see if those guys are up to the task for that, but that's about it. I think Georgia Tech's best chance is to have the offense score enough to take some pressure off their defense. I think Clemson, on the other hand, will give up some big plays here and there, but will employ a bend-don't-break approach to this game just because it's the first game of the year. Normally, Clemson had Georgia Tech's number when it came to shutting down their offensive scheme. But from now on, they're going to have to use the same concepts for Georgia Tech as they do pretty much every other team out there. Pretty much everyone runs a form RPO type thing. So special teams are also going to be very critical in this game. Talk about special teams a little bit. Has Will Spires finally seen the light at punter? Uh, You know, he's been very inconsistent for us in the past. Not a bad kid, not a bad punter, but when he's off, he's really off. I'm just wondering if Dabo will actually make a change if it's needed. Uh, you got a true freshman in Aiden Swanson and another guy in Steven Sawicki also at his heels. But uh, those guys either have to play above and beyond or Will Spires has to play really bad uh, to be taken out in this game. And that's important, though, because field position is important. We can't have any of those 30, 20 yard punts. We want the Georgia Tech offense to be super unsuccessful. We want to start on their side of the field every time. I would love to have them starting from the 10 every time because if that happens then Georgia Tech might not score a point in this game. Uh, but we really need them to be successful in punting game. Also, BT Potter needs to have his kicks be as accurate as they are strong. The guy has a monster leg. He can kick it from Hawaii if he wants to, but we need to make him be very consistent when kicking those points. It might not be a big deal in this game, uh, but in the future I can see us really needing some kicks and why not get some practice in this game? Uh, I don't think we're going to be seeing a whole lot of BT outside of uh, extra points, and I don't think we're going to see Spires a whole lot, but he needs to be really good when his number is called. Let's talk about Georgia Tech's special teams. Presley Harvin has an elite leg. I said this earlier, Uh, but I want to see him a whole lot in this game. I want to see him a ton. The kid's from South Carolina, very prideful, thicker kicker too, 
a big kid. Uh, he's very accurate and he has a very strong leg. So we want to see him a lot. He's going to put us in some bad situations when it comes to field position. So uh, when it comes to kick return and punt return, we're really going to need to be on our P's and Q's. Uh, I'm seeing word that Will Sweeney is getting some looks over at punt return. It's a very safe guy. Uh, I've heard that Darian Kendrick's also going to be a big time uh, look at punt return, but he needs to be very safe with fielding punts. We cannot have him fumble. He can't be running backwards. None of that stuff. Everything's a positive gain. I'd rather have a punt return fielded safely and cleanly for a no-yard gain uh, than to be running backwards or to fumble and give the ball to Georgia Tech on their side of the ball. We don't want that. So we need to be very consistent in that. And plus, Georgia Tech's uh, really good at kicking. Uh, so we, we want them to have to kick all night. Um, their place kicker, Wesley Wells, pretty good. Uh, we want to keep him busy all night. I, I don't mind giving up a couple field goals to Georgia Tech, but uh, you know we, we need to make sure that's consistent. Georgia Tech has some pretty good guys uh, in the punt return game as well. You're talking about a guy like Wanye Thomas. Uh, he's being looked at a lot to be a punt returner and kick returner. Uh, he's also a starting safety for them. Uh, he's very explosive, uh, but we need to keep him at bay. We need to be uh, very sound, especially on kickoff. Our special teams have been an issue over the years with Clemson. Uh, we want to make sure that we are sound with that. Uh, we do that, and this game's in the bag. And with that said, I'll give you my prediction for this game in the final segment. You're listening to 4th and 16, The Game Plan. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. Did you know there are over 10,000 wine grape varieties worldwide? Here's to thousands of gift possibilities. My go-to holiday wine is Chardonnay. I love it with turkey and potatoes. Pile on the gravy. Let me show you our more than 8,000 party-perfect wines that are in your budget and out of this world. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Welcome back to the 4th and 16 Podcast. Welcome back, folks. Final segment of the show. Look. I think Georgia Tech's going to be a force in the future. Let me say that. Of course, they're in fertile recruiting grounds, and they no longer have to settle for Georgia's sloppy seconds due to their triple option or whatever. Coach Collins is going to have this team in this city fired up, and the hopes are really high. They're going to be one of those teams that we're going to absolutely hate playing again in just a few years. However, that time is not now, and I do not think they're going to have much to brag about after this game. I'm going to go ahead and take Clemson 49, Georgia Tech 17. Now, look, I think Georgia Tech's ceiling offensively is going to be about 24 points, and that's if Clemson is just unable to stop their offense consistently. Uh, their offense is geared to get yards and they're going to be in red zone situations. They're probably going to get a couple of field goals. So 
I can see them scoring. I, obviously, the floor is zero points, but I don't quite think I'm ready to say that this Clemson defense is at the point of shutting anyone out in the first game of the season yet. Remember, folks, this is the first game of the season. You're not playing Wofford. No offense to Wofford, but you're playing a D1 school in your conference. They'll come in with about as many unknowns as Texas A&M did last year, uh, albeit they're nowhere near as talented of a football team right now. I think there will be some rust for the Tigers offense early on. I could see them maybe being three and outed a couple times before really getting into gear. That's the same reason why I'm not willing to say they'll score 77 points. Folks, it's game one. Now, they could surprise me, and that would be really pleasant. I would enjoy that very much so, but I'm not here to pump sunshine. Just don't be disappointed if they don't do that. This game is going to be a gut check for some of the newer and inexperienced players. The very next week, a really good SEC opponent walks into your building, so you need to build confidence with some of these guys. They need to be ready to play. I can see Clemson doing their usual rotating tons of guys thing. You need to see who's ready and who isn't. Got a lot of true freshmen and sophomore that we're going to be relying on this year. All I know is that I know this team will be ready because I trust Dabo's proven preparation. I'm going to go ahead and tip my cap to you, Coach Collins, and all of the Yellow Jacket Nation. There's a lot of respect there for you. And while I totally believe that anyone can be beaten on any given Saturday, I just wouldn't bet the house on it. Clemson rolls in this one. And folks, that wraps up the show. Thanks for listening. Get back with me on the 4th and 16th podcast this coming Monday morning for a little bit of a recap of the games this weekend. I'll have my guy Grant Long of No More Defeats TV talk with me about the Miami game and some other big games around the country that are happening. Folks, I'm so glad football's here. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. And as always, it's great to be a Clemson Tiger. I'll catch you next Monday. Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers! Holiday tips and fun facts from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine & More. My friends still rave about the Prosecco I brought last year. Let me help make your Friendsgiving unforgettable. Bordeaux is one of the world's most popular red blends, made from Cabernet, Cab Franc, and Merlot. It also makes the perfect gift for your picky boss. Having turkey and all the fixings? I suggest an easy-drinking Pinot Noir. For white drinkers, try an unoaked Chardonnay. Whether you're entertaining or just bringing the wine, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection with you this holiday. Now offering same-day delivery at TotalWine.com. Cheers!